2: Milestones, milestones, milestones. A term you probably didn't hear or even think about until you became a parent. And then somehow it turns into all you think about at least once a month. Should he be sitting up already? Could he pick up a small object? Are three words really enough at this stage? It's normal as mommies to get excited about our baby's developmental milestones, but it's also very easy to get overwhelmed with anxiety about them. In today's episode, we talked to Jessica Rolf, co-founder and CEO of Love Every, about what we could and should be doing as parents to help our children achieve these goals while also enjoying the journey. We read the books, we bought the things, we thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm
3: Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms,
2: we're we're actually actually pretty different. And
3: that's totally okay,
2: because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments.
3: Hello, everyone. Welcome. I am so excited about this topic because it really has been one that has filled me with so many emotions. And you know, Karen, we always talk about this, how excited I get when he hits one of those milestones. In-house but how stressed. Yeah, <laughs> How stressed I am every single day, whenever I either go into an app or read a book or go into Google and I start you know, researching what he should be doing at this stage of his life and he's not, <laughs> it has become very, very stressful. So I'm very excited. We're going to talk to someone that I think is going to bring us a little bit of peace of mind yes. in terms of what yes. we should be doing, what could we doing be doing as parents to help them out. And by the way, just her
2: voice in our preliminary call we had, just her voice alone, it's just very soothing and like maternal and I... She's amazing. You're going to love it. So before we get to that, why don't we start with our motherish moment of the week? So my motherish moment is about trying to just be more patient and be present and in the moment with Victoria because she is very clingy and basically every time that she is not with me, but I'm inside, she's like, con la mamá. Con mm, la mamá Yes, mamitis Yes Hardcore mamitis Like I step out of the room ¿Dónde está la mamá? And I'm like oh, I'm right here I know here. This.
3: la mamá La mamá Yeah
2: everybody is <laughs> La mamá La papá Like I don't know La victoria She also calls herself La victoria She is the victory Of our lives Cheesy Okay but I try to remind myself like, okay, you know, this is going to pass and eventually she's not going to be obsessed with me forever. But sometimes it's really hard and especially lately I've been really busy and I'm
3: just like... No, you also feel bad when you leave her and she's crying or yeah, she wants to be with no, you. No, I feel when-
2: terrible. I feel terrible. And I'm trying to not, for example, like leave while hiding. I want her to know like, mommy is going, mommy is going to work, mommy is going to do this. And I try to communicate so that she doesn't think that I just disappeared. I don't want to do the whole like hiding thing mm-hmm, with her because mm-hmm. I feel like in the long run, What for? Then I'm going to have to undo that. Anyway, this has just been a little challenging. Yeah.
3: Well, my motherish moment of the week has to do with Ford and his social life. He is a (laughs) pandemic baby, so he has not been able to socialize and share with other children as much as I wanted him to, especially the first months. You know, I always dreamt of those mommy and me class and bonding with other moms and other babies his age. So we have been very limited when it comes to playtime. But in the last two weeks, I have been able to, schedule some play dates with Ford and some of my girlfriend's babies who are around the same age. And I'm very proud to say (laughs) that I think that my child is very social.
2: I love that. He is. I
3: was so nervous because you never know, you know, they're not exposed to all these children. They're not used to having other people around who are not their inner circle. But he's always in a good mood. He's smiling. He enjoys having other babies around him. So I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe like genetic or... But it is, but I just I felt some relief when I saw him doing his play dates just that relief
2: is because you're stressed about this myself <laughs> <laughs> We can't
3: be doing that. No, he's fine. And now we want to welcome our guest, Jessica Rolf. She is an entrepreneur and category creator, very passionate about the importance of early life. She's a co-founder and CEO of Love Every, a child development company helping parents feel very confident that they're making the most of each learning stage. Jessica also serves on the board of Happy Family Brands, where she was founding partner and COO, and she also helped launch and build this company. So we're very excited to have her, and she's going to go ahead and start off with her motherish moment hi Jessica welcome Yes. Well, not to get too
4: vulnerable here, but when my daughter was three and a half, she's five now, she went through this wave of just taking my stuff and kind of like hiding it and like squeezing my makeup out under her bed. And even, you know, it's kind of like this wave of destruction. And it was really, really hard. And I'd never had that with either of my other children. And I felt like it was like something like a message to me. And it was just, oh, it was so hard. This week, she was on the couch and we were cuddling and she said, mama, I am sorry for making." making all those bad choices oh. when I was three. I didn't know what I was doing. And I just, it was an out of the blue apology from my darling daughter. And it was just the sweetest. It was my golden moment for the <laughs> baby. <beach. laughs> it was very sweet with a closure to like- She's like, in speech. case you're hanging on to this mom. In case <laughs> no, and still feeling bad about it. Aww. It was interesting. I think she must've had a dream about it or something because she later, my mom is so sweet. She does puppet shows with my daughter over uh-huh. FaceTime. And so B was an acting you know, she was punishing this child for, we didn't punish her for this. You know, obviously it's like, you know, behavioral stuff. It's really hard to deal with, but mm-hmm. um, she was really punishing this other little puppet for making all these bad choices. <laughs> and she was saying, you're going to sleep on the floor for a week. <laughs> it was so cute. So she must've been processing something, but it was so sweet. So all I'm saying is as a mama who has, you know, children a little bit older than yours, the clinginess is oh, so dear, but it is hard to, some point you'll get your body back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And yes. and all these and all these babies do have this like charm in them.
3: So let's Social get into uh, our topic, which is one that I'm very excited about because I've had a lot of mixed emotions about it. There's nothing more exciting than watching your child hit a milestone. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, he's sitting up! Oh my god, he's rolling over! Oh geez, now he's you know crawling but it's also very stressful, at least it has been for me, when I feel like he's not hitting something or when I think he should be doing something else, but instead he's doing it another way. So I really wanted to touch on this topic to, I think, bring a little bit of peace of mind to those moms who are in this journey right now and are trying to be proactive about it, because I do think we have a huge impact on our children's development, um, and we're gonna talk about that as well. But let's start with the magic question. What is a milestone, Jessica?
4: You know, it's a word that I really don't like in parenthood, I think that it does exactly what you just said. It just creates pressure for us in a way that really isn't helpful for the child. And it's not helpful for us as parents. And it's such an easy thing because there's so much about parenting where we get so little feedback, right? Like we're just pouring our hearts and everything we have into these little people. But we, we rarely know if we're quote unquote doing a good job. So then we anchor on these sort of visible developmental stages and we anchor on those And think that that's sort of a report card for us as parents. And it's also, you know, we attach so much to our children's future. Are they sitting up, you know, at the right age and are they doing what they should be? I will say that we've talked to countless numbers of researchers in OT, in Montessori, in like psychology, in neuroscience, people who study babies and who study young children. And there is no link between when a child sits up, you know, in a healthy range. Again, if there's something, you know, happening, you could talk to your pediatrician. You know, we all kind of, I think, have those worries. But if we're talking about typically developing children, there is no link between when they sit up, when they crawl, whether they become an athlete someday, you know, when they say their first words, whether they are a brilliant reader later on. What I like to focus on is really that connection between us and our children and what we can do to notice them and notice all these sort of micro moments that are building towards something. So our children are growing Every day. And I think that oftentimes we think about the big milestones, but it's really these mini development moments where you notice your child's kicking in a way that they hadn't been kicking before. You give them, you know, tummy time and you notice that they're they're able to lift their head just a bit more. So I think it's more about these mini moments and seeing these kind of micro progressions in your child rather than thinking about it in these big milestones.
2: Jessica, what are some of the things? as parents that we can do? So let's say we are somewhere around, let's say within the month and a half or two month range where certain things are supposed to be happening. And if they're not, or if we feel like they're close, like, is it okay for us to do things to encourage them or like to practice more? Like what's our role in this as parents outside of also noticing these little moments? Like how can we help them?
4: Uh, It's a great question because we all want, what I'm not saying is just the babies turn out, whether you engage with them or not, That's not true. There's so much science about Mm -hmm. parent-child connection. We can do so much. I would say that I think about it if I'm thinking about a baby, a little one like Pamela's child's age, I would say Mm -hmm. there's the gross motor stages where a child is rolling over and they're sitting up and they're kicking and they're then moving to crawling and eventually they'll be walking. I think first it's really important to be informed of the ranges of when those things happen. I think that there's a false perception, for example, that babies are walking by one that they should be crawling by, you know, seven months. Um, they should be sitting up by five months. There are very healthy ranges and the ranges really differ by what you're looking at mm-hmm. gross motor. I think that the thing to think about, the way that we can engage is give your baby so much time, as much time as possible on the floor in a natural position, mm-hmm. in, on the floor in their belly, on the floor on their side, on the floor of their back. So much of all that happens developmentally, physically happens when they're able to stretch out of that room position, build their muscles on a flat surface yeah. and I think a lot of times parents will kind of prop their babies up in bumbo seats or in put them up to help train them to sit the science is that actually they need the opposite so if you you know kind of put children in these sort of positions to try and help them achieve that quote-unquote milestone actually is taking away the opportunity for them to really build the muscles in a healthy way on the floor. So that's the sort of gross oh, motor so milestones. In language, there is so much that's happening from a receptive language. So we first start to receive language, and there's so much that happens in the brain before we're able to speak. And so if we can just give our children a language-rich environment with books and with conversations, and this doesn't mean you have to, you know, kind of... we're
2: <laughs> Like this, yes. is how,
4: this is how, you have to just we're talking oh good oh good and it's hard sometimes you know it's hard to talk to a baby who doesn't talk back and if you weren't spoken to a yeah. lot as a baby or you know it's just not natural for some personalities I think kind of thinking through how you can really tune into that little gurgle that little vocalization that even very young babies can make and give them a pause mm-hmm. and have a little conversation with them let them sort of <laughs> talk back to you if they will in their own way and to into their gestures or what they're looking at when they're one if you give them a language rich environment that is you know so healthy for their development you don't see the rewards of it for a long time but know I, that they're receiving that language at six months they start to understand you know the meaning of some words and if you can kind of give them repetitive exposure engage with them so those are kind of two big areas of development that i think as parents of babies you know we like to share
3: we say and we talked about this you did the whole narrating thing. i literally walked room- to room and I was like
2: Victoria welcome so this is your house this is daddy's garage this is this and that and Juan was like what are you
3: doing? I know. I'm conscious of that too I and mean, I work on TV so I do like the play by play all the time okay <laughs> we're gonna do this and we're gonna walk in the car we're gonna get in here we're gonna go we on the way to see you know grandma and we're gonna do this and of course there's no responding yeah. yet but you know you could see in his face expressions they're that they're processing yeah. all this information
0: Aloha mamá ¿Dónde andas? <laughs> Seguro de compras Tengo mucho que contarte Hawai es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son super talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Black Hawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí.
1: ¿Okay? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. When you buy a new house, you might say.
3: I'm curious, Jessica, about your personal journey. How does a mom of three already with a successful business already established in nutrition find the curiosity and the time to really develop this company where I think play comes with a lot of purpose now?
4: thank you for asking. I mean, I think for me, you know, it's really sort of my purpose. I had this experience with my first baby, Leland, where he was pulling up to one of those plastic flashing light toys and and he pushed one button and all of a sudden it was like a purple cow was popping out and music (laughs) starts playing. And I was kind of hoping to sort of connect with him instead of having this sort of like thing between us. And it did get me wondering, you know, I had co-founded Happy Baby, which is the organic baby food company that we, you know, built for a decade. And I had So much confidence in what I was feeding my baby, but I really didn't know what was going on with his developing brain. And so was able to kind of discover this really, really obscure research paper. And it was about brain development, but it was not about all the, I kind of skipped over the science of how the neurons, but what it had was this very thoughtful step-by-step stage-based way to engage with your baby that felt really fresh. And it hadn't, didn't have anything to do with the toys that I had in the home it had nothing to do with the sort of flashing lights. And I learned that sometimes, you know, babies are really interested in cause and effect. And, you know, Karen, as you talked about, you know, giving your baby a tour of their house is one of the best, most engaging ways, you know, things that you can do throughout that first year and beyond, as opposed to some of the flashing light toys. And so it really helped me kind of think differently about parenthood. And I like use this program, if you will, with my second baby and just, and my third. And I just started feeling like there's gotta be a way to get this information out to more parents because it gave me confidence, it gave me peace of mind that I was doing something that mattered for his development. You know, sort of like came of that, made, created Love Every, which is a stage-based learning program to help parents through the different stages of their child's development and really know what, be able to focus on what matters.
2: I find this common thread with when something is really meaningful for you. I think you figure out a way to kind of, I mean, I feel like some people might say like, Pamela, Karen, you're, you work full-time, you have like young babies, and now you're going to do this podcast. How are you doing it? I know my family definitely says that to me, but I think it's when you feel so strongly about something that you also happen to find is so important. And that kind of combination or serendipitous way that everything comes together and you're like, you find a way to do it. I don't know. I have a question around something we discuss often in our podcast is around social media and how these things can be helpful. The the dangerous game of comparison. Yes. And how it can also be distracting from what's going on. My daughter, I struggle with being so proud of her because she actually, I think, with certain things has developed very well and maybe even a little bit more than what your typical milestones that they say are. But I struggle because I don't want to ever come off like, look, my daughter's already doing this. But I'm also like so proud of her. And so I never want to make anyone feel bad. And I try to always explain like, oh, yeah, she's very verbal. But like, you guys, she won't hold up her bottle or she still has I a bottle. Define like, yourself
3: maybe minimizing some of her yes. stuff so you don't.
2: Cause I worry that I'm like, I don't want, and I try, I think as, and what I have said to some moms in private conversation is as a parent, what I try to do is I find something that she naturally tends to lean towards. And I kind of push on that. So I noticed early on that verbal, that's her thing, let's say for now. And it's something that she, that comes easily and naturally to her. So I spent more time reading books and more time talking and more time listening to music and singing along and having her sing back to me. But now I I fall into this thing where I'm like, am I missing something? Am I leaving other things on the table that maybe instead of leaning into something that is a strength of hers, should I be working on these other things? Which by the way, like I work in tech. This comes up all the time. Like, do you lean into your strengths or do you diversify and work on and focus your time on something that you're not that good at? So just curious from your perspective, like what does a parent do when you see your child has a certain strength? Do you go in that direction or do you diversify it?
4: It's a great question. I mean, I think there's so much about the world right now that help that kind of gets in the way of us just like enjoying these moments with our children. And I can totally relate to what you were saying. You know, I if your child is it's so hard to not play the comparison game and I think with social media it's really extra hard right now like there's so many accounts that we follow that you know have all sorts of baby development information and it can create anxiety Mm. I think what we're trying to do at Love Every is try and create this like confidence Mm. that here are the essentials here's what you need to know and once you have the basic information then you can feel good you're like I did cover the bases because I know what's important at each stage I know what my child needs from me and what they need from their kind of environment and their experiences. As far as like, I remember two feeling, and I still feel, you know, I think there always is this juggle with other parents with, you don't want to be a period of bragging, but you don't want to minimize your child. This is really hard stuff. And I've heard other, you know, I've thought about it. I've heard other parents kind of have the realization, I don't actually want to minimize my child. <laughs> you know, I want to celebrate them and I don't want to kind of shush their, you know, I don't want to feel embarrassed about that or bad about that because it's going to make somebody else feel bad. I think it's really tuning in and kind of creating a little bubble with you and your family and your baby and just really focusing on those connecting yeah. moments because you don't want to not feel the joy. I mean, those little words that they're speaking at this age are just so adorable. And, and also if your baby is, let's say, not sitting up yet and they're you know six month old, you don't want to rob yourself of the joy of those squishy thighs and that like oh delicious God. stage <laughs> because they will be sitting up in two more weeks. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's more about just empowering yourself with the right information. There's so much information out there we've really worked hard to distill it into what you need to know at each stage so that you can enjoy these connections. I will say also, you know, children can naturally kind of start to focus on one thing or the other. I think just giving them a language-rich environment, an environment where they're getting lots of exposure to kind of how things work, new experiences. They do tend to want a lot of novelty Mm -hmm. as babies. You know, they will get tired of the same thing. So I always say that 10% of the love every experiences and the toys and tools are what a baby needs. The other 90% is just in your home, letting them deconstruct a Q-tips box. You know, it's so fun. And, you know, some supervised play opportunities where you can let them sort of have an experience with something that that you can't leave them with if you weren't there. So I think that just giving them access to the real world, lots of language, lots of time on the floor to stretch out their bodies. I'm
2: just remembering now before Victoria could walk, but when she was crawling, there was a time where I remember I had a, dedicated cabinet in the kitchen and I'm like this is your cabinet and she would open it and take out all the things and while I was trying to like make breakfast I would look over and it was like war zone but but it was her right, like she just felt ownership of non-toys.
3: To, to close things <laughs> off um, Jessica We're very big on obviously cultural and multi-generational homes where we have our mothers involved and we have our siblings involved. And it's very easy for us to, for example, now that we have these tools and these toys are amazing, we know what to do with them. But sometimes it's hard to tell other people, this is what we want you to do with our child. (laughs) What advice do you have for other mothers who are trying to also give instructions to their other loved ones? into playing with purpose and applying these toys and also just doing stuff the way that you think is going to be the most beneficial for the development of your child.
4: So I think it's a dance right because there's only so much we can control about the time that our children spend whether it's in daycare or with parents or parents-in-law or, you know, other caregivers, I think it's, you know, trying to kind of read them and seeing as much as you can celebrating when they are speaking to the baby. Oh my gosh, you know, Victoria loves it when you speak to her. And if you could do that a little bit more, she would just be so excited, kind of encouraging, but it's also, you know, the other half of it is letting go and knowing that the time that you're spending with your child is so valuable to them. And whatever it is, if you can just kind of give them that dedicated attention. There was a research study that that showed that literally 10 minutes of focused play between a parent and a child made a huge difference in their executive functioning skills later on in life. So executive functioning means ability to focus. Some of the skill sets that actually show that are more correlated to success in life and happiness in life than any other set of skills. That time that you do have with your baby, make the most of that. And you know, try and encourage parents with giving them information, you know, caregivers, they're gonna be on a spectrum. And try not to feel worried yeah. um that your baby isn't getting what they need.
3: That's that great. So helpful. I love that. I gives <laughs> yes. a little bit of peace of mind yes. for working mamas. So ten minutes. It's all about quality and not quantity. And that's what matters. Enjoy every moment. Thank you so much, Jessica. This is so you. helpful. I'm going to sleep a little better tonight. Yeah.
2: No, this is very <laughs> oh, good. God. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you for having me. So we'll go ahead and share all the social media. Yes. For anyone who wants more information or any questions. And we'll be taking also some DMs if anyone yes. has yes. questions that mm-hmm. we can follow up on. But thank you so much, Jessica, for joining us. She was amazing. And I told you her voice
2: is just very soothing.
3: The way she speaks, I don't know, I feel... She's authentic and she's well-intended, which is important. And she has, you know, built this empire and this successful business with purpose. So I think that's important. So thank you to Jessica for sharing her insight with us. Like I said, we're going to sleep a little better tonight. Our babies <laughs> yeah. are doing okay. But it is important also to be aware if For your sure. baby is not doing certain things. To be able and feel comfortable communicating this with your doctor and with perhaps someone close to you that you are have that. You're wondering if this is something that he should be doing or not be doing. That is the main purpose of these milestones so you keep track of your healthy baby And if not, what you could do to help him reach them. Of course.
2: But I I mean, I think there was an
3: app that I used to check week to week. 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 I know. Mm. I know what you're talking about. I know. know. And I was like, (laughs) okay, but that's not happening this week or whatever. I mean, this morning I told you, oh my God, Karen, I was catching up because I hadn't looked at it in a while when I caught up to it this morning. I was depressed. I was no, like, no, no, Four no. Four is not no, doing no. half of these things. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh no. No, I stopped looking at that around,
2: I think maybe, I think when she hit a year and I was just like, that's it, stop. Focus on your baby and your child or whatever. And But I also feel like that aligned with my motherly instinct finally being like, Hey, I'm here. <laughs> so I kind
3: of just felt calmer with everything. I think it's a comment yeah. of good balance, a healthy balance of both of those things. Mm-hmm. Keeping track, you know, following some of this information, resources that we do have available, but then also just enjoying the moment and just trusting that yep. you're doing a, a fine job. It's fine.
2: Well, thank you so much as always. Check out our Instagram account at Motherish. We're there. We're listening. Um, I, you know, we've been enjoying reading all of your messages through DMs and through comments. Let us know if you have any ideas or guests that you'd love for us to include in our podcast. Please let us know. Thank you so much.
3: Bye. Until next time. Bye.
0: Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawaii is increíble. Luego te cuento más.
1: Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando GoArmy.com diagonal español.